Hello and welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Teams podcast. At least that's what we're calling it so far. I'm here with um, Happy and Carl, and we're just going to run through the team list for this week and give you some thoughts on where we think these games are going to go to and, and players to watch. Um, Carl, can you give us a little rundown of the first game? Yeah, sure, guys. Um, look, the first game's actually quite interesting with um, Crusaders and the Chiefs having a replay of the final last year. Um, biggest thing for me looking at it is the change of num- of players. Uh, obviously, the, the Chiefs have lost um, Retallick and, and a couple of other players and Kane's off doing his um, playtime play in Japan, earning lots of money. So that's made a big difference. The Crusaders have lost... Um, Whitelock and Moanga and, and a couple of others through injuries. In fact, one of the things I think that's come through in all the teams this year is the amount of teams that are carrying injuries at the start of the season, which is going to be interesting. Um, look, as far as I know, or as far as I can, I feel about the teams, I think that um, I, I don't think losing the players is as big an issue as some people are making it. I think that um, Crusaders are probably hurting a little bit more in this game um, with the players they've lost, especially with the injuries leading up into it. But if we look at the Chiefs first of all, um, Quintapu is back, so he'll be able to um, try and run around without a broken leg now and see how that goes. They've got Luke Jacobson who's taking over the captain's role at number eight, which I really like. I think he's a very good number eight. and I was a bit disappointed he didn't get as many games as what he could have got last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see Sean Stevenson push on. Um, he there was a lot of talk last year that he should have been used more and should have actually got higher honours. Um, I can understand why he didn't because I think there's still a few weaknesses in his, weaknesses in his game, um, but that'll be good. But the real issue I have with the Chiefs is I don't like Damien McKenzie at 10. I think that he is one of the most overrated 10 players in New Zealand. Um, yeah, he does some wonderful things, um, but I think coming in from fullback, he, he gets a better view of the field, he can make better decisions, and we can see better play from him. I find that when he's at 10, I think he gets rushed a little bit. I don't think he has the same freedom of thought, and I don't think that he's going to go as well as what some people are saying. But but saying that, I think, you know, Chief's got a very strong team, and I think they'll do well. Um Crusaders, one of the things I'm really looking forward for the Crusaders is seeing Cullen Grace on the field again. Um, he gets a lot of injuries, which is a worry, but he's a number eight that is a little bit like Kieran Reid was in the way he plays, and, and I think he will be one to watch this year. Um, I think with Scott Barrett leading it as a captain, um, hopefully it'll stop him giving away cards when he's the captain, so that might help keep him on the field, which is needed. Um, and the big one really is, can um, Rihanna, Rivers Rihanna, step up, um, take over that controlling game at 10, and can he get the ball out to players like Amua and Sebi Reese and actually see them make some ground? Um, I think this game's going to be quite tight. Uh, Crusaders are notoriously slow. Chiefs are going to be hurting after the final last year out to prove a point. Um, and I actually think being at home, the Chiefs are going to take this. So that's my pick. Okay. Um, I was quite surprised. Like, I've heard how the Crusaders were, like, devastated with players leaving and stuff. But that Ford pack, 
for the Crusaders is still a great forward back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of people over here have made a, a big deal of players leaving out of hope more than anything else. And then you've got a few um, few of the players in New Zealand who, um, or sorry, media in New Zealand who just like to cause trouble um, and, and, you know, bring down the hate on everyone. So, yeah, look, I wouldn't want to face them. <laughs> and uh, Damien McKenzie, um, if he's not the fly half at uh, the Chiefs, who is? Um, I like Josh Ione. I think um, he he was actually going really well down in the Highlanders, but too much partying, too much running around looking at pretty girls at bloody um, university down there, um, getting carried away from the booze, and, and it affected his game. He got out of that environment. He, he's up in the Chiefs. He's there to make a name. Um, he's got some beautiful moves, and, and I think that, that he's actually a 10 of the future anyway. So we'll see how he goes. Okay. Yeah, I was leaning towards the Crusaders taking this one, but it's a hard one to pick, isn't it? <laughs> Could go either way, mate. Well, for mine, for mine, I'm going with the Chiefs just because generally Crusaders start slowly in, the to- in, in any tournament. They'll probably be a little bit disjointed because they sent one team to Europe and played a couple of games over there and then kept a couple a lot of the more mature players at home. Um, but, you know, when you when you look at the reserves and you've got Moody, Franks and Ryan Crotty coming off the bench, they are a handy team, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. There's, um, yeah, the weakness that people have been talking about, lovely people like dear old Sue and um, I think they're dreaming a bit, but we'll see what happens. Do you think uh, the referees... Will have any effect on either team? Mate, I'm a referee. We don't affect games. We just do what we see. We just rule on what we see. Um, yeah. I think what will I think what will be interesting will be how they apply the laws this year and what they're looking at. Um, I hope they go back to um, getting very hard on the offside and and some of the other rules that they were bringing in until um, a couple of uh, ex players and media started crying about the penalties ruining the game. Um, blaming the referee instead of the players and coaches who weren't adapting. And and I'd like to see them go back and be very hard on the players, keep them on their feet, keep the offside line, give that space so that we can actually see some good running rugby. Um, Nick's actually, I like Nick Berry. I think he's actually a really good referee, and, and hopefully he'll go that way. Yeah, I wasn't real keen on this style of refereeing about five years ago, but he's, he's a great referee these days. You can't complain yeah. about anything he does, I think. Although people do. Yeah, um, everyone does. We're all yeah. assholes. That's what referees do, mate. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to the next game? Let's keep on. Okay, so next game is the Melbourne Rebels against the um, Brumbies at uh, 7.35 um, Eastern Elitist time. <laughs> <laughs> the Rebels, um, yeah, you got to... You've got to wonder, you know, what the players are thinking and that they've, if they've got a siege mentality. Um, it's, good, it's funny to see Teddy Otupo starting from the bench. Um, Rebels fly half Jack Maunder. I'm going to assume it's Maunder. He's uh, got like 140 games in uh, English Premier League. He's about 27 years old. So he's a very experienced scrum half inside Carter Gordon. This will be his first game for the Rebels. 
he was there last year apparently he didn't get didn't get a run he's got three minutes of test rugby for england so um our favorite coach eddie jones thought he was good enough to tour argentina a few years ago but uh, a lot of ex-queenslanders in this side lucan solakai lotto is i think so we thought was a great heavy second rower uh filippo dalgunu hasn't really kicked on the last few years but he's a very strong winger um yeah, it's a good forward pack and a good bench, a really good bench. Look, the Rebels have recruited um, well. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, hold it together and, and as you said, develop that steep siege mentality. Um, I see Felipe Dengunu is playing on uh, on in the centres, and uh, I think the Reds actually found that that home for him last year at thirteen, and he played quite well against, uh, I think, the Chiefs twice and uh, and so forth. So he could be a real a real mover in that space. Uh, I like I like the way they've recruited. If if you set aside all their other problems, you've got to like the way they've recruited. I really thought their coach took them on a real journey last year, uh, and I'm I would be excited to see how that that goes on. They've got Rob Leota back. He had a very interrupted injury interrupted season last year. That Josh Cannon seems to be a a, a, a mover coming forward. So there's a lot to like about their team. Um, and the Brumbies, you know, are a pretty pretty solid team. They're probably the best-run franchise in Australia. Um, you know, obviously, you look at them, they've got a pretty settled side. Um, I just, I think, and this is my personal view, I just think that the Brumbies could be the team that actually sort of falls back a little bit to the pack this year. I just don't see how they're progressing. They're probably, you know, you could argue that losing Nick White is a bit blessing and a curse because he's getting older a bit, but he's probably their most uh, influential player last year. So it's um, it's a bit of an interesting uh, interesting little thing. For me, I've picked I've picked the Rebels in this game. I just think that they're at home. It'll be a bit of a siege mentality. I think they'll probably pull a decent crowd, so the crowd will be behind them, and I think their players will be really fired up for this game. Yeah, I just wonder that siege mentality, how, how sustainable it is, you know. Um, I think that the, they're gonna, they have to be hurting with everything that's happened. And, and they can sit there and say, no, we're just here for the rugby and we're letting our managers deal with that and everything else. But it, it's got to be up there. Um, and I think that is going to create issues for them. Um, I'm really interested in looking at the Carter-Gordon Lelicio battle, um, seeing whether whether Carter Gordon has has come back from the disappointment in the Rugby World Cup, and not necessarily the disappointment of the Rugby World Cup, but how he was treated. You know, um, I don't know what it is over over here, but it seems to our national coaches. You know, we put a guy on the field who's got no experience. He's new. He's trying. He makes a mistake, and he's gone. And and that's got to hurt the players you're that scared of making a mistake you're not actually doing your job so um, it'll be really interesting to see how both um, Carter Gordon and Noah Lelicio go um, and, and I'm actually hoping Ryan Lonigan steps up I've always liked him yeah, I think he's a yeah I think he's a quality um, halfback and I think that um, in some ways I rate him a lot higher than Nick White and some of the others um, so we'll see what happens there hmm. Do you think that Nick White, like boss, basically bossing the game from nine, has um, hindered Valicio's development at all? 
Absolutely. And having, and having Lonigan there is a chance for Lalicio to, to start running games more. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, you, you saw that. I was at the um, Argentinian game up here in, in uh, Sydney when uh, the Wallabies lost to Argentina. And as soon as White came on, the Wallabies game slowed dramatically. Absolutely slowed. He he fluffs around. He gives defence time to, to get ready. He puts up those kicks that don't seem to go anywhere. Um, I, I'm not a Nick White fan at all, and it'll probably come through quite strong. But, um, very, very yeah. Difficult to tell that. Sorry? Very difficult to tell that, mate. <laughs> but you know, referees are always opinionated, mate. It's half what makes us referees. We've got to have an opinion on things. So there we go. Yes. Yeah, I think this is going to be another uh, good game with a couple of really good forward packs. Yeah, um, absolutely. And some young, and some young halfbacks, and there's some even good forwards on the benches for both teams. So there's Wallabies on the benches for both teams. So can't really go yeah. wrong. Whether he takes his next step forward because he was he was a pretty solid player coming through and he's sort of in that, you know, in a space where he could he could he's at that point where he'll either step up and be a real quality player or you know he'll just be there and thereabouts. Mm. Interesting seeing that Ryan Lonigan got the captain's jersey this year. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Angus Gardner's is refereeing that one. I think another great ref. I thought he yeah. had back problems and was talking about retiring, so it's good to see him keep going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the Force and the Hurricanes. It's uh, 10 p.m. on Friday night mm -hmm. for the diehards who want to stay up that late. Um, <laughs> Not me. I'm too old. <laughs> Um, Carl's favourite player, Nick White, fly half for the uh, force with Ben Donaldson. Ben Donaldson looked really good in the trial against the Reds. I didn't see um, their other match, but he looked mm. really good, and so did Hamish Stewart. Um, yeah, agreed. I saw, I saw that game, and they they were they were very solid, very solid indeed. Yeah, hey. Isaac Grotter getting a run. So hopefully he. Um, Manages to get a few games up this year. He's been injured for a long time. Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest issue for the um, for the force, based on what I saw, was uh, they may struggle a bit up front. I mean, at Santiago Mandrano, he's not the best um, scrummager in the world. He's a pretty good prop, just not the, what you expect in an Argentinian prop. Uh, I don't know who Marley Pierce is, so. There seems to be, if if anything, that would appear to be where they're a bit, they're a little bit weak, um, and you know they, I saw them play the Reds and they got pushed around a little bit at scrum time by a Reds pack that I don't really rate at the moment, and the, um, you know, the Reds then had difficulty with uh, New South Wales, so you just wonder whether they'll be able to stand up up front, and the the trip over to to the west, which is normally a bit of a bit of a bugbear for the uh, New Zealand teams. The Hurricanes will no doubt have the advantage of probably going over a day or two earlier. Um, so that won't be as big an issue. Uh, and the Hurricanes, you know, with Asaf Anua, he's a quality, quality player. Uh, Duplessis Kariti is also very good. Obviously, you've got a Barrett in the back line, which always makes life a little bit easier. So, <laughs> um, you know, so that, that to me sort of means I, th I think... 
the the force might be off to a bit of a tough start this year with with that home game. I think they would probably have preferred to play either an Australian game or play uh, round two at home rather than round one at home because that would have given them the advantage of being at home and the other team having to travel, you know, the the bigger distance. Um, so I just think from my perspective, I think, you know, the Hurricanes are a little bit deeper, uh, probably a little bit little bit more polished and, and might just have a bit more up front. But it is good to see Isaac Rodder back on the field after basically a year off with his foot. Uh, I read this week that that Rijan Pasatoa, who I think is a really good prospect, dislocated his elbow. So he's out for about three months after a really bad leg injury last year. Um, That Harry Hooper, who they signed as a prop, he's done his leg and is probably out for about 12 weeks. So they're probably going to struggle in that respect. Yeah, I think um, the Hurricanes, they've been my team for years. I grew up in Wellington, so I've always followed the Hurricanes. And, and honestly, it's, you know, they beat the teams that they shouldn't beat and they lose to the teams they should beat. And and that's been something that is almost a constant in the Hurricanes rugby. I, I think the Hurricanes should win this. I think, um, as you guys are saying, I think their pack is quite a bit stronger. And I think that they've also got um, a lot of quality in the back line, certainly a lot of experience. Um Rick Cameron, I think, is is someone who needs to start stepping up. He, I, I always like Reuben Love. Um, for some reason, they've put Reuben Love down there at, at fifteen, and I much prefer him as a ten. But um, and I'd love to see Reuben Love and Cameron Wigard together, so that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm picking the Hurricanes just because I'm biased and I'm a Hurricane supporter. But I actually do think that they should take this game. I think they've got a strong pack and they've got a more settled back line. So, yeah, I think they should take this one. Yeah, I can't say anything but agree, mate. I think, yeah, the Hurricanes should take this. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, Tizano and Cariffi go head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player, True. that young Cariffi. That for. Sorry? Although, although to be... Staying up late for. Yeah, although to be fair, sevens very rarely compete against each other on the field. You know, um, yeah. the, the the role the seven does is almost competing against props and backs, not the other seven. But it will be interesting to see how they both go because they yeah. are both very good players. Yeah, one player I haven't mentioned for the force was Will Harris had a, had a really good game against the Reds in the trial. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Yep, so all three of us thinking the Hurricanes getting up. Interesting for the force as well, the captaincy curses struck them. They named uh, Jeremy Williams, the young young loose, right. as their captain last earlier this week and he's out with injury already. So, yeah. So someone gave Nick White the co-captain badge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, move. <laughs> we'll move on to Saturday's games. So, first game on Saturday at uh, 2.35pm is the Blues against the Drua. Uh, this is an interesting game, I think. The Drua's just been fantastic since they came into, the, into this the, competition. The, defer to you, Carl, on this one. Seminole Stadium, I, I looked it up today. That's the Northland Stadium. Yes. Yeah. So is this a home yeah. game for the Blues or is it a home game for Fiji then? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a home game for the Blues because the Fijian home game is in Fiji. But um, well, yeah, look, it's Fiji. Part of Auckland, it's in, wouldn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, 
Fiji's the team they don't want to face, aren't they? You know, they. The only thing I, I I would suggest is that I think over the last couple of years Fiji have done really well and they've surprised a lot of teams. I think smart coaches are going to start bringing in um, game plans to counter Fiji, and I think that the Drua are going to struggle more this year than they have in the past, um, and mainly because they they like it loose and and if if the team playing the Drua manages to keep the game tight, then I think they're at a huge advantage over the Drua. So it'll be interesting to see how the team tactics play out. Um, Blues are interesting at the moment. Um, they're Sydney Christie and Perofita. Um, be interesting to see how they go. Um, I'm I'm not a huge Christie fan. I think he's a really good defensive um, halfback and he's got a good running style. But I'm not sure his passing is is really up there. And, and I think that was one of the problems that the All Blacks had when when he came on. Um, It'll be good to see too whether Rico Ioni has actually stepped up this year and starts learning to play the 13 game and creating space for others rather than trying to do it all himself and only giving the ball away when he gets in trouble. Um, I think for me, if the Blues keep it tight, I think they've got this game. Um, the Drua, they've got some fantastic players who, who step up and if they can get loose, loose ball, if they can spin the ball around, then I think they can take it to anyone and the Blues might struggle. But I think at this stage, first game, I'll, I'll take the Blues on this one. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. I think the Blues are uh, probably, if, you, if they play the game 10 times, I think the Blues win nine. Um, yep. I think the um, the interesting thing for mine with the Drua this year is um, that Ben Darwin concept of cohesion they obviously had a lot of players in the in the Fiji Test team who've then come back into the drawer. Now, do they do they have a bit of a second year syndrome, or do they continue to build? Um, I think you know the um, the coach they've got is a very good coach. So I just wonder whether he'll be able to put all that together and keep it going. Um, it could, you know, it, 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 I think the I'm with you. I think, but I think the drawer will either have go one of two ways. They'll either have an amazing season and go deep or they'll finish 12th. I don't think there's any middle ground. You're not going to find them finishing 8th you know, or ninth or something, 8th or 4th. You know, they'll either be top 4 or bottom 3. I don't think they'll be in the middle. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, it does. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, they, if they get smart and play smart rugby. I mean, they can beat anyone on their days. Christ, they beat the Crusaders last year um, mm. in Fiji. So on their day, they can beat anyone. And if they get that ball going, and they're such beautiful players to watch, you know, the, the joy in the game, the way they just want to have fun. It's just, it, it, it's part of rugby that, that you just love watching. Mm. It's going to be a difficult place to go in Fiji as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people, well, teams struggled there last year, nearly yeah. every game. Uh, Frank Lamani yeah. at uh, halfbacks has really like come into his own in the last few years. So he's <laughs> he's uh, like steering that team around fantastically. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with you guys, mate. I think the Blues—they were at the pointy end of the things last season. And I think mm. they're going to be up there again this year. Ben O'Keefe, uh, ref in this game, another great mm. referee. We're really lucky yeah. to have. 
be absolutely yeah. pleased that he's not in in the Northern Hemisphere this this week. So it'll be good. Yeah. So next game is at five pm on the Saturday. It's Highlanders versus Moana Pacifica at Forsyth Bar. Uh, look, Moana have got new coaches. Um, it's the second year in. They didn't do well the first time. And up against a pretty good Highlanders side. Um, how do you guys think it's going to go, Carl? Um, I yeah, it's, it's strange this one. The Highlanders actually that isn't a bad Highlanders team. I mean, they they left um, Ethan Groot out of the team completely, um, and and Daniel Leonard Brown, who's cut, who's in there. I mean, he's played a hundred games or something, so they've certainly got the experience. I'm really interested to see how Fakatava goes. Um, he's had two seasons now of um, Smith teaching him how to play half and how to get to the level that that Smith obviously got to. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I'm not convinced on the back line for the for the Highlanders. I think they've got some real weaknesses there in the back in the back line. Um, and I think they're going to struggle to to make ground. Um, they'll be re- relying a lot on the, on their forwards to, to muscle up. Um, as far as Pacifica goes, uh, yeah, new coach again. Um, they've got that Julian Savera in there, who brings a ton of experience um, to the team. Uh, they they're a team that needs to start doing something if they want to stay in there. You know, unfortunately, with all the talk of the rebels and everything else, they're they're another team that unless they start actually performing, I think there's going to be struggling to. To, to not have people say, well, let's go from 12 to 10 rather than 12 to 11. So so I think there are some problems with Pacifica. Um, they don't have the same level of cohesion that the Drua have, and I think that's their biggest problem. They're, they've got a lot of players from a lot of different areas, and Tana Umbang is going to have to work really hard to bring them together as a team. I think that's what they lost last year, and I think it's something that's going to continue this year. Um I think the Highlanders are really lucky having them first game up because I think it'll give them the win they need to get going. But I think the Highlanders are going to have a rough season anyway, so maybe it's a good it's a good thing for them to get one one up at the start, which is what I think will happen. Yeah, I agree. I think the Highlanders are uh, you know a much more settled team. Uh, I think the Moana's had that problem where, which is probably writ large in in uh, Pacifica. History where their best players have been uh, poached for other teams, so they lost Amua, they lost that Tummy Tummy Valu, who's playing for the Highlanders now. So basically, they lost their best strike weapons out wide, uh, and picked up an aging Nigel R. Wong and an and an aging Julian Sevilla, who are, I think, every, yeah. even they would admit are part, both past their prime. So they're just they're just going to struggle again, and I just think they're not. You know they don't really. Whereas the Drua have a home, they go to Fiji and they're they're everything. Pacific aren't even playing all their games at home home this year in in uh, in either Tonga or Samoa. So it's just going to make it really difficult for them. So I don't yeah, I run well run as the Drua, so I think they just struggle on that basis. Pacifica, uh, are they training? Do they like train in Auckland or are they? In the yeah, they're based. They're based in Auckland. They train out of Auckland. Um, this 
this is the thing with the Pacifica, and I've always been against it as a as a concept because it's it's trying to make something that doesn't exist. You know, the Drua exists because of Fiji. I think in a lot of ways Pacifica would have been better if they'd gone down either pick Tonga or pick Samoa and bring them into it. But trying to meld them all together into a team where they all come from different areas, they don't, you know, they don't grow up together, they haven't got that family thing. Because one of the things that binds the Drua together so well is that whole family connection. And that that accounts for a huge percentage of their way forward because they've got this, you know, playing for the family thing. And I don't I don't think Pacifica gets that. And I think it's one of the things that's missing. So um, I, I think they're going to continue to struggle. As you say, they've got some older players. Um, they've, they've lost some players, their best players, and that's going to happen again. So it, it's an interesting concept. I just think it's struggling a bit myself. Mm. Yeah. So everyone thinks the Highlands going to get up for this one? Yeah, I don't think it'll be. I think so. Moving on to the game that uh, Happy and I have been waiting for all night and all year, basically. Um, 7.35 p.m. on a Saturday night, Queensland Red versus the New South Wales Waratahs at Suncorp Stadium. Always a great night. So uh, Reds, I think, uh, were pretty predictable in their lineup. Um, the only people that we were really guessing about was the fly half and uh, Tom Liner won the um, the race for that and um, the the winger Mac Greeley got in against uh, in, in front of um, Vunavalu. No, Vunavalu's in there, mate. Oh, he is there. Yes, I missed that. Sorry. So Greeley's in for no one. Uh, probably for you, you consider Greeley to be in for uh, maybe um, what's his name? Um, the uh, Jock Campbell last year, wouldn't it? Jock Campbell, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Red's got a pretty good forward pack, a bit light on in the second row, probably. Um, but reasonably settled back line, all those players have played there before in their positions the back row is like bolted on basically uh Wright, McWright and Wilson um the Waratahs Angus Bell is like a man mountain he's like carries that scrum by himself just about for the Waratahs yeah uh Charlie Gamble has got a like isn't didn't have a, as good a year as his first year uh, with the Waratahs last year. So he's he's got something to do there to work. Um, not a fan of Jake Gordon at halfback, but he's their captain, so. Hmm. But they're welcoming back. Uh, is uh, Perez straight back into the starting lineup from injury? It's an interesting one. And Max Jorgensen back on the bench. Yeah, yeah, obviously would come as no surprise to anyone that I'll, I'll back the Reds in this one. But I actually think they're a better team. Uh, I saw them play live a couple of weeks ago in the trial. And, uh, gee, it, it, I think um, Les Kiss has got them playing a very attractive style of footy. They they want to play quick. They want to play on top of the game line. Uh, with, if, if the Reds can secure fast ruck ball, 
they just looked to be playing at a different speed to New South Wales. And it was a pretty strong New South Wales team uh, out at the uh, trial at Roma. Um, the the Reds, the Reds, the interesting thing is they've probably got a couple of uh, couple of um, potential de- debuts coming off the bench, being that Cormac Daly, who was, one, I believe, one of the Shoot Shield players of the year last year. Uh, John Bryant, who's been elevated from the um, uh, from the from the Junior Wallabies last year, as well as Harry McLaughlin Phillips, who is still Junior Wallabies eligible and was named in their squad this morning. Um, Josh Nass has come back from basically a year off. He had a uh, compound dislocation of the ankle uh, about a year ago. So I'd really like the team. Um, the only the only issue for mine is whether they can they can stand up at scrum time. Um, Angus Bell put Zane Nongor through the ringer in uh, Roma. Um, he, he'll put plenty of other good players through that as well. So um, for mine, looking at the Waratahs, they just look to be uh, a little. They just look to be a little bit clunky, um, and maybe the maybe that was just trial form. Um, I was really impressed when uh, watching Jed Holloway play. Gee, he's a good player. He's just just a really smart. You can tell he's a really smart rugby player. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner's come back from Bath, so he's a good in for them. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see whether. Uh, Marky Mark is fully engaged this year, given given that he's going away uh, to jail rugby next year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting game, and um, I've actually got two questions with the Reds, and and they're right at the back. So, how many chances do you need to give Vunavalu and Pataya? Now, Vunavalu, I I struggle to see that he's good enough to make a club team, let alone. Um, Super rugby team. He he hasn't done anything that I've seen in any of his games that sh- that shows me that he deserves to be there. And Pataya is one of these guys that for the last three or four years I've heard so much about his potential that I've never seen on the field. And I think both of those two need to really step up this year and start showing and demonstrating that they deserve to be there. Because for me they are a real weakness in that team. And I think that if you look at the if you look at um the back four from centre, uh sorry, from second five, centre winger and, and fullback, so the back five, I actually think the Waratahs are all over the Reds in that area because I think they're a lot more settled. They've got a lot more skilled players. They've got people who can do their job. I actually really like Fok Fokitty. I think he's really good. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Perezzi, um at the moment, I think he still doesn't really understand the game yet, um, and he's got a lot to learn about about rugby because he still doesn't really know what the hell he's doing half the time. But but I struggle. I, I actually struggle with the the fullback and and that and Benavalu yeah. on the wing and whether they're going to do anything for the Reds because I haven't seen anything yet. Um, love the Reds forwards or the the loose forwards. I think. Yeah, absolutely top notch, and I think they'll cover for a lot of the team. Can I? Okay, I, I agree with you on Vunavalu, and I've seen him play a club game and actually not be as good as a guy who's building a house on Monday, kind of thing. But um, how? Let me ask you this question straight off the bat: How old do you think Jordan Pataia is? Oh, he's twenty-one or something. He's really young. Um, yeah, but he's, to me, that's not he's only he's only twenty-three. He's been around for a long time, but he's only twenty. I think. 
looking at him again, you know, I've seen him obviously for the last few years. Looking at him on the weekend, uh, he looks to have built grown into his man body now. Like he just he if looking at him this year as to last year, he he looks like he's a much more solid human being. And if he can get a run of form, I think he could have an amazing year. And he made one he okay. made one clearing kick in Roma and I I swear to you, he kicked it from inside his twenty two and I think it was a it was a fifty twenty two and it went out in the full. Like it just it was a booming kick. So he's got a shoe on him. So yeah. if he can if he can stay fit, I think it'll be it'll be he'll be good. He's don't get me wrong, thus far he's been made out of glass. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't think it's just that. The injuries obviously haven't helped, but his mm. decision making. You know, and and the and the thing is that being a young guy coming for you, you expect that, but he doesn't seem to learn. Now, whether that's a coaching issue or, or how it goes, and, and maybe it is the coaching, but but he seems to make the same mistake too many times, and and it's like, well, come on, guys, and and you know, I watched that um, other trial with Jock Campbell, and he had a fantastic trial game. I thought he really stepped up. What I would actually prefer to see is Pattaya on one wing and Campbell at the full-back and Bernard Barley can go back to the league as far as I'm concerned. Oh, look, 100% agree. <laughs> 100% agree. Jock Campbell's a great great player. He's, yeah. he's, an, and, and he's an excellent second playmaker when uh, when you first, you know, when the first one's tied up in the game. You know, he, yeah. he does provide that real option. Um, Matt Greeley, if he gets a bit of time and space, you watch him play. He can play the game. He's a very, very good player as well. Yep. Uh, he's been tearing it up for a couple of years in uh, at QPR level and really hasn't hadn't had the opportunity to to really get get in there. So if he gets a run of games and it gets a bit of opportunity, he he's a he's a very balanced runner. So what do you think? What do you guys think about the halves combinations? Who's going to come out and cop? And those two. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think Jake Gordon's got the better pass, but Tate, Tate McDermott for me is the better all round. Um, number nine, I, I get so frustrated with his passing being so inaccurate, um, and I don't know why he's not training better and, and getting better at that. If he's on song, he's good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good battle, actually. The, the halves, you know, Tate McDermott. Much better runner, much better defence. Um, with and and I think he also feeds his first five better than um, than Jake does. Jake tends. What I find with Jake is that uh, if you get him frustrated, he drops his lip and throws his dummy out a little bit, and that affects his game. Um, you know, if I was coaching any game, any team against Jake Gordon. I'd be telling my flanker to reach through and give him a slap in the face at the first line out, and you know you've lost him for the next twenty minutes in the game because he's bitching and carrying on and forgetting what he's there for. So, um, but if he can get over that, he's yeah. We'll see how it goes. And uh, Edmund and Liner. Yeah, look, I I think um, Edmund's a really good player. I really like him. He's he'd be yeah. um, he'd be a, I think he'd be an excellent player to, to have in any team. He's you know, he does everything quite well and he's probably very good if, you know, as New South Wales, I'd expect him to play a bit more dominant off nine um, and Edmed being just solid in defence and a distributor to their out wide. He's not really, he, he won't, he's good, he's a good tackler, um, but he won't really challenge the line that much in terms of his running. 
Um, Liner is he's there's not much to him. He kind of looks like he should be playing a bit, playing halfback. Um, he's got a he's got a really good boot on him again. Um, so and he's he's tough too. Like he's a tough little player. Um, gets in and you know gets his tackling done, but he's never going to be a dominant player. I question at his. I question whether he's up to the rigors of a whole whole season. You know whether he's not going to get a, a, another knock. Um, but yeah, his his goal kicking is is really on point. So I must. I wonder whether um, uh, the Lawson Crichton's injured because I would have expected that he would play. I know Leskis seemed to favour him just before the trials, but. Uh, Liner and that Harry McLaughlin Phillips haven't really put any put a foot wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if it's interesting, eh? I, when you look at it, I think that um, trials are just trials, and I don't really look at too much what goes into them. I think we're probably going to win this because, and mainly because I think they're at home and that home crowd's going to get behind them. But I think if if the Blues, if if the Waratahs actually get the ball, if, if Gamble and Gleeson actually step up and start getting some ball, I actually think the Waratahs' backline, as a complete backline, is a little bit more dangerous. So I think it could be an interesting game, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Based Time-wise on what, opinions on the winners. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going for the Reds, but based on what I saw, Roma the. I mean, I'm I'm just an idiot. But my my game plan would be, it's you know get stuck into the breakdown and try and slow that down because if the Reds get fast ball, they just looked on a different speed. Yeah, they really did. So that'll be that'll that would be the um, I'd imagine the the uh, Waratahs game plan will be will be just get into the get into the ruck and just tie it. You know, just make that an absolute dogfight, um, which with Paul Williams as a, as the ref, it could happen to. Um, yep. And you know that that could be their way way into the game. But if if the game's played at speed, um, it could be a long night for the Tars. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll go along with that. I think I, I think the Reds will win. I, I absolutely do. But I think I don't think that the pre-season trial form is going to necessarily mean that much. Um, mm. And that that Waratahs team, they got some good players in there, and they got some, you know, as you say, they Sully, you know, their their front row is going to smash the red scrum, and if they, if they start playing that slow, tight game, you know, getting the ball down, having lots of scrums, smashing the red so that they're struggling to get the ball, it could be an interesting game. Mm. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with the Reds as well. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than uh, Roma was. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the Waratahs would have spent the last two weeks working out where that went wrong in Roma and fixing stuff. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So that's the last game of the weekend. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we go? I'm I'm really interested in what you guys' feelings are about this whole documentary for the Rugby World Cup. Um I must admit, I'm struggling to watch it myself. I, I think every time I see Eddie Jones' face on the TV, I want to throw something at it, and I can't keep affording to buy a new TV. So, um, And I'm not sure if I want to, because I'm not sure if um, 
it's actually going to tell us anything. You know, um, you mentioned it earlier, Bill, when we were chatting offline, but, you know, they're, they're so structured about what they do. Are you actually going to hear anything that makes any difference? But what do you guys feel about it? I'm struggling to get any interest in watching it, to tell you the truth. I'm not sure if I can. I mean, it was, it was hard enough watching the World Cup at the time to go back through that again. Um, it'll be hard, I think. But I think we have yeah. to watch it to understand what happened there. Do we care? We know what happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's lots of things why. You know, there, there there are a lot of reasons why. I mean, how anyone expected the Wallabies to do well when they only rugby player they had and or the rugby coach they had and the whole squad was the head coach and the rest of them were a bunch of nobodies from other from other codes. But yeah, you know, uh, are we going to learn anything that changes how we feel? And what we think going forward. That that's what I look at it and I don't think we are. So I'm not I'm with you. I'm not sure I can watch it either, mate. Look obviously I'm hopeful. Otherwise this would be an you know, an obscure form of just masochism. But um the I think the thing I can I can take from it is the the people involved now seem to be good people and I and I think, you know, in 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 retrospect, I think Hamish McClellan did ninety, you know, ninety things, ninety, ninety things well, but what he got wrong, gee, he did a good job of that too. Um, yes. So, um, but I look at, you know, I, I just wish they'd stuck with Dave Rennie. He seemed to be building something, and I think he seemed to, he seemed, he had the, I think he had the wider public on side, the wider rugby public on side. He was building a good thing, and if and if you look at his results. You know, he had the he had the you know the Roman Pike. Oh, sorry, the the Matthew Raynald decision go against him. Went on a tour, lost lost to Italy, which was a game we should have won. But you know they're an improving team. Lost by a score to Ireland, a score to Wales, a score to um uh, uh, to the Irish, and beat Scotland. And it with with in the course of about you know those three five games. Probably lost them by a total of ten points, um, in, or had points differential of about ten points. So it really felt like um, they were getting close, like they were really close. It was tantalisingly close. Yeah, you just wonder if a couple of those results had gone slightly the other way, suddenly it would have been a better thing. And I think that I think which is one of the things Australian rugby seems to do so well is they just panicked. They just got stuck in looking in the headlights and just panicked rather than staying the course. Um, and that's the biggest learning from me on this is just stay the course. You've made the decisions. And from my perspective, you know, they picked Joe Schmidt, hook in behind him um, and actually stick with him. And if whatever he they move on to from there, you know, they've got other good people involved, like Peter Horn, they've got Nusifora involved. They've got all these good people in the background. They stick with that success will come because I'm out all the time looking at, you know, um, club rugby and all that sort of stuff. There's some good players coming through. So as long as we harness that and create process, I think we'll be fine. But, yeah, the Eddie Jones thing, it's I'll watch it because it, it's a bit like watching a, um, a Formula One race where, you you know, you know there's a crash at some point. 
yeah, you know this one's coming. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, you know the light at the end of the tunnel is the oncoming train, and you're just waiting for it to find out when it hits you. Yeah. So, but I've made a I've made a commitment to be positive this year. <laughs> oh, I did pick that up actually in your um in your green and gold post. So well done. You you you're doing well, mate. <laughs> That's it. Uh, happy. Did you have some injury news that came through lately? Ah, uh, yeah, late injury news um, was Isaac Rodders picked up an injury and will looks like he's out of the um, out of the force game. So probably a player they really could have done without because they've already lost their their captain in the back row. So locks in back row. So I don't know where that leaves them from there. Uh, They'll probably be going deep to the well already in, in the back row. Yeah, it's not going to help them at all, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we talk about Pattaya being made of glass. Uh, Rodder seems to be... <laughs> made of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's had a rough few years. Yeah. That's all that karma from running out on the ridge, mate. Yeah, Do I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything else, guys? No, all good, gents. Yeah, okay. no, it's been good. Um, yeah, it was a little bit learn as we go type thing, and it'll be interesting to see how your editing editing skills come out there, um, Scully. But uh, yeah, that no, was good fun. Thanks very much for the time. Yeah. Good, Norris, good fun. Let's see you tomorrow night. Another crack. Catch you later, guys. See ya. Bye.